We're doing it live. Yes, we are doing it live here, live from Salem Stadium, the home of Stag Bowl 50. JB, you're about to get here in less than 24 hours. You excited? Yeah. Well, I'm a little nervous about the cold. I may have to stop by the local REI store uh, after I get a haircut for, um, you know, I'm getting a little shaggy up top. But, you know, I saw 30-something degrees during game time. That's about 40 degrees colder than it is here. So I'll be bundled up, though. I know you and uh, Coach Milne were sort of giving me a little, you know, calling me S-O-F-T for my, uh, my warm Florida blood here. But you look like, you know, it looks balmy right now, um, sunny and 50-something. That's not, You're wearing just the, the in-the-huddle shirt with the long sleeves. I think it's probably not so bad. Uh, wearing his uh, fashion here. Now, I, it's uh, actually really nice. Uh, we're going to try to get this show done before the sun goes down. Appreciate the ESPN truck that uh, stopped drilling. He provided some power here because our power source wasn't working for whatever reason. <laughs> so we are uh, good to go here, I think. Uh, hopefully everybody sees us out there. If you see us, uh, we're going to roll. But we're going to start the show again uh, this year, uh, our Stag Bowl preview, with the discussion from players in this game. And we asked the question, what was your best memory of the 2023 college football season? I think my best memory of the 2023 season was, I don't know, I think uh, D'Lo's uh, game against uh, lacrosse is really exciting, especially when he got the interception before halftime. He already had the passing touchdown, the halfback pass, um, had the receiving touchdown, and then the onside kick recovery for a touchdown, that was just crazy. Right. I remember staying on the sideline like praying that they don't, they don't get this ball and then Dilo just houses it. So that was a really fun play. 2023 season, favorite memory. Oof. Um, Kodaka Jug. Kodaka Jug would probably be my favorite memory um, just because of how, how loud the game was, how many people were there. Um, you know, the supports that you get from the alumni. Um, that will definitely be, especially at their place, that was, a, that was a really fun game. Um, that and then the trip down to, uh, to Michigan was a lot of fun. Um, just the road trips and everything, but I think the quarter could jog definitely tops the cake. I think I'm gonna go last week, uh, playing a little defensive line. Uh, we, got a, <laughs> we got a fourth down stop. We ran the play, or that package, one previous time in the game. Uh, they scored on it, so I was pretty heated about that. And then got back on fourth down, down in the end zone, and for them to take the lead in just a huge situation, I was able to uh, get in there, get in on the tackle. So that was definitely a cool experience for me. Uh, I guess so far winning, winning the last game, winning the semis, and um, getting prepared to win this one. I'd probably say last, last week was probably the best moment. Uh, we went down and uh, really had a really, really in a nut crunching moment. So we had to score and uh, get the job done. So probably last, Last week, the Warburg win. I'd say my first memory, my best memory was winning at Cortica. That was my first Cortica win, and so that was special at their place. Also, last week at Randolph-Macon was fun after we beat Randolph-Macon, or after we lost last year, so beating them the way we did on their field was was uh, special. And then I'm going to save the third spot for on Friday when we uh, win the national championship. Exuding some confidence right. there, Cole like Burgess it. was. I do. I like the confidence. Indeed. Uh, so, you know what, JB? It's time to start the show. It's time to start our final regular show here of season 16, 
yeah. of In the Huddle. just crossing my mind how bold it is to do this live right now with all the stuff that we're testing here but we do have a pregame show tomorrow <laughs> yeah, right. starting at 4 30 with interviews from those players you saw and some uh, fun stuff with player versus player interviews back this year uh, again for this stag ball pregame show on d3football.com JB will be joining us as well. We'll have a lot of th special stuff going on because it is Stag Bowl 50. But as you can see around us here, uh, you know, we're going to just kind of go around here. You're going to probably see my big oh, head wow. in any moment now, but give, give you a little bit of the uh, vista as I duck in here. Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. Let's oh, go. Now you're shooting the sky. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. We, Bring it we'll back, fix Frank. That. There, there we go. go. See, see what I mean by the tech? So uh, we've got some fun yeah, stuff uh, cool. even in our show here. And uh, hey, how are you? Nice to see you, everybody. Uh, but nice yep, that's uh, kind of the lay of the land here uh, in Salem Stadium, uh, which is the host of Stag Bowl 50. JB, uh, it's a regular show. That means we're going to have not crunch time again, but just game by game. We'll go through uh, the semifinals with clips coming up here. But yeah. your 30,000 foot view of week 15, the semifinals, it's all yours. Yeah, well, we, we didn't get exactly the games that we thought. We, we thought we'd get a couple of, of good games. Um, one of them just started off, though, as a kind of a runaway train after the uh, punt return for a touchdown um, by Cortland's Ravi Das Jr. And um, Felice Ravi Das started a 35 or something point run that the Dragons um, just basically had the game in hand at, at halftime. And uh, you know, Randolph-Macon just never really had a chance. And so I, I was kind of surprised by that. I, I thought Randolph-Macon's run game and Drew Campanale would, you know, kind of control the line of scrimmage. They did not. I think Campanale even left the game. Um, yeah, he didn't finish. I don't know if he was you know, injured or what exactly happened. So kind of a tough end for his career, um, you know, after so much success and all the regular season wins and the ODAC championships and all that. Uh, we'll definitely miss you know covering him, but hey, you got to give the Dragons credit. They have been peaking and playing their best football at the right time. And then in the evening slot, we had uh, one of the best semifinal games maybe in the last 25 years between Wartburg and North Central. Um, and it was a tale of two halves. Uh, Luke Lennon uh, was 9 for 10 for 145 yards and three passing touchdowns in the first half. It looked like the um, Cardinals might run away with that one too, but now McLaughlin and Turbo Clayson fight back. They make it a one-score game before halftime, and then the Wartburg defense um, did something that no one's been able to do all season. And just I, I did the math, and that's kind of a scary pro thought and process I know for you, Frank, but they managed to hold Lennon to three for nine for 75 yards and an interception in the second half. And that was the reason why the Knights were able to get back in the game. They took the lead 27-26, and it looked like they might have had a chance to win that, but you got to give credit to the Cardinals' defense. 
they stepped up big time and some guys like Zach Orr had some very timely plays. I guess he was a he was a safety last season, but it sounds like he's playing linebacker now due to some injuries and things like that. He had a key interception that was able to kind of turn the tide, put the Cardinals up in front, and with a few more stops, they were able to hang on and uh, was a classic uh, semifinal game. I know a lot of people thought that maybe that was supposed to be the national championship between number one and number three, but Cortland's, um, you know, here they're, they're playing great football, and when we show the tail of the tape. Some of the stats aren't that far off in certain, certain respects. Um, so the Dragons have a punching chance, and they've really just had a um, Cinderella type of story uh, to get all the way here to Salem, and I'm excited to see how they play tomorrow night. You'll be here live to see it. Uh, that Wartburg uh, North Central game was a feature of two Gillardi Trophy finalists, Owen Grover and Luke Lanon. We'll see which one, if any of those two, because uh, there are five total uh, finalists, and we'll find out ourselves uh, on the pregame show uh, tomorrow who won the Gillardi Trophy in 2023. Uh, to also go back, Drew Campanelli, as Coach Aruz admitted in the postgame press conference, uh, I, I had asked him because he, uh, on a run play in the third quarter, he seemed to go down hard on his shoulder and seemed to be a little bit discombobulated or injured at that point. Uh, Coach Aruz admitted he's been that yep. way since week one of the playoffs, and it, he's just such a gamer that he okay. didn't let that stop him at the end of the day. And so uh, that's what Makes happened sense, with yeah. him. Yep, so uh, Drew Campanelli, uh, a special player out there, as I said on Twitter earlier this week after that game was all said and done. JB, let's go to some of the clips from the games that you just discussed here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> folks, as you know, when we do it live, anything can happen. And uh, because it's so bright out here, i got to try to read my own notes somehow on my computer screen. This could be fun. Yeah, exactly. Let's see how this goes here. As Cortland face Randolph Macon. Yes, we are. And in the first quarter, it's Jane Alfano St. John getting a one-yard touchdown run early in the game here. Cortland goes up 7-0 to zero as the ball just penetrated the goal line. Then later, you talked about him, Robbie Das Jr., the 83-yard punt return for a touchdown by Das. Made it 14-0. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get us uh, take it off the air here. Uh, but he uh, finds his way eventually to the end zone after some great uh, blocking got him that corner over there. Very late in the first quarter. Watch this pass. Drew Campanelli has a surefire touchdown. Oh, no, he doesn't. David Wallace can't get it as it is knocked away by Jean-Louis Jean Lubin. And here is a slow-down version of it just getting his fingertips on it to Great knock play. it away. Yes, it was. That's a freshman, It led by to a missed way. field goal. Yes, it is. A missed field goal came up, but later on, eventually they got the ball back, and there's the first touchdown to Cole Burgess from Zach Boys. That made it 21-0 at that point in time. We'll go to the second uh, quarter, seven minute, uh, check that, two and a half minutes left. Eight-yard touchdown pass, Cole Burgess from Zach Boys made it 28-0. to zero. And if you didn't uh, like it the first two times, maybe you'll like it the third time because there is Cole Burgess for his third touchdown connection from Zach Boys. But let's go into a slow-mo in a second here to see Zach Boys was literally being sacked as he threw wow. that ball and got it to Burgess. Beginning of the second half, you're going to see the interception here coming up, and that is Luke Winslow, uh, I believe, uh, for uh, Cortland. And then later on, you're going to see a touchdown that led from it. Jaden Alfano St. John with the 11-yard touchdown run, 49-14 final in favor of Cortland. 
And in that game, we had all kinds of stuff going on, specifically an outgaining by 443 to 278 by Cortland's offense. The defense held Randolph-Macon to 98 rush yards. Zach Boys, 23 for 30, wow. 279 yards, three passing touchdowns. We'll stop there for now, JB. Tell me more about that game and some of that defensive play because that seemed to be a difference maker for Cortland in that game. Yeah, and I think uh, Keith McMillan, who is the um, former around the nation writer for d3football.com. He's a Randolph-Macon alum, and he was there with a bunch of his former teammates, and I think he was also you know, kind of covering the game along with you, Frank. He, what he pointed out in sort of the post game was how dominant the Cortland defensive line was, and I really think that that's a, that's a good sign for Dragons fans that their defense is really sort of stepping up. The, the week before against Alma was a little bit crazy. There was a lot of touchdowns, a lot of passing. Uh, scores, you know, deep downfield, not a lot of pressure, but it seemed like in this game, the Cortland defensive line really bottled up, but used to be a 250 or so rushing yards per game um, type of offense with Randolph Macon, made them one dimensional and Cortland's offense is, is, is just kind of peaking, doing what it does. Cole Burgess, the man from Greenwich, say it with respect, Frank, we got to get that one, get that one right. It's not Greenwich, it's Greenwich. Uh, so um, Cole had a, a, a big game, and um, you know he's been one of my offensive MVPs at least once this season. Same thing with Zach Boys. That tandem is going to give um, the Cardinals trouble, and so we'll have to see uh, if if the Cortland offensive line can hold up and keep this you know aggressive Cardinals defense at bay. Anything's possible. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it was very impressive to see that difference from the second half of the Alma game until uh, the first half uh, or through the first half of the Randolph-Macon game. It seemed like just a different defense entirely, giving up 34 points in the first half versus Alma and then giving up nothing but seven points in the Alma game and nothing in the first yeah. half of the Randolph-Macon game after that. And clearly the defensive line made some adjustments and good for them because obviously they get to the stag bowl thanks to that. Um, all along the way here, but will it be enough if they can play that way against the vaunted offensive line of North Central? We'll see, but first things first, why don't we talk about the other game in the bracket on Saturday? And we're gonna start up six to zero, North Central forced to punt, and Jackson Hoppus uh, is blocked by Jordan Doink. Chisholm, and it's recovered by Thomas Skokna, and uh, that would eventually lead, after we see uh, who's got the ball, and we know who's got the ball, North Central. celebration, yeah. <laughs> jo yeah, Joey Lombardi will get his first touchdown uh, here. A 21-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanen. Great job by him to scoop that up before it hit the ground, and it is 13-0, North Central, 2-12 left, first quarter. See Luke Lanen celebrating with his team there. Second quarter, 11.36 left. Here's another one. 44-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanen to Joey Lombardi. And that throw. made things 20 to zero. It's a runaway already for North Central in this game. I mean, come on, Warper can't come back two straight weeks from 18 points and then 20 points, could they? Well, at this 14 play drive mm -hmm. ends on fourth and goal. Hunter Clawson, Turbo, with the touchdown, 20 to seven. Now, North Central's lead. <laughs> but North Central, resilient. Charles Coleman, seven yard touchdown pass eventually here. Look at Luke Lanen, right, left, and all around, and finally finds Coleman. Wow. And that's a touchdown. That's 26 to seven. He has a right to celebrate that play. And Ethan Greenfield out there to celebrate with them at that point. Oh, we'll yeah, go though to is. two minutes later before halftime, 
Thor Moxted from Niall McLaughlin, an eight-yard touchdown pass. Great job keeping his feet in bounds. And before halftime, it made it 26-13. Warburg trying to come back in this game. Let's go to the second half where the defense of uh, Wartburg amps things up a little bit as Luke Lanen is intercepted eventually, throwing off the wrong foot there uh, by Parker Rockford, mm. Rochford, excuse me, and they wouldn't immediately lead to points on this, but it revved up the Wartburg defense, and you'll see why or what I mean by that. Here's fourth and one as Joe Sacco, a surefire one yard, right? No. Mm. Owen Grover, uh, Riley Conradi, etc., are all in on this tackle, and you'll see Owen Grover absolutely ecstatic about this fact right there. And eventually that leads to Bryson White getting a three-yard touchdown pass again on fourth and goal from Niall McLaughlin to make it 26-20. They're within one possession at this point in time in the game. So we'll go to the fourth quarter. 12-17 remaining in the fourth quarter coming up. As uh, you'll see, this big play it's going to be Hunter Clausen just absolutely bowling his way in turbo for sure right there to take the lead. Yeah. The first deficit for North Central this season, 27-26. You can see the crowd feeling it here. They were ecstatic they were at what was going on, but things would change here as it's going to be now McLaughlin getting intercepted himself. This is, uh, I believe, uh, yes, it is Zach Orr with that uh, interception. Thank you very much. And then Joe Sacco with the four yard touchdown run, getting it into the end zone for the lead back. 34, 27, 540 left, fourth quarter. Wartburg would have chances here to, uh, toward the end of the game. First off, take a look at this play. It's a, a second and 10 play at the North Central 34 yard line. Dink, doink, and boom, turbo. Hunter Clausen. So, wow. <laughs> absolutely. And we're going to go to a slow-mo replay of it. Go ahead and take it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the crazy – this is like the immaculate reception, right? Doinks off of one, two defenders from North Central. Could have been picked off and lands right into the bread basket of Clawson. But on a fourth and two, and this is two yards to go here, they try to put in Owen yeah. Grover and company, and it is well short of a first down. And so they do not convert, do not tie the game there, but they would get the ball back with 2.02 left. And here is the last chance. Now McLaughlin on fourth and three gets it to Clawson, but he is stopped. Zach Orr with the big stop there. And my goodness, that is it. 34-27, North Central mm. hangs on and wins the game over Wartburg in one for the ages. Wartburg trail 26-7 with 2.22 remaining in the second quarter. They trail 20-0 at one point. Now McLaughlin, 27-49, yeah. 234 yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Luke Lannon, 12-19, 222 yards, three passing touchdowns and an interception. Wow. Uh, that game was just really, really Classic. tight. Warburg down 18 versus Whitewater wins their game there down 20 versus North Central Th this team believes in themselves enough to come back from those deficits but on the flip side imagine how things would go if they would go up 
7-0, in a game and be able to just play keep away at that point with that defense. Mm-hmm. That's the problem for them. They just were giving up too many points early in games and having to make adjustments. They got back to level pegging, but by the time you use all that adrenaline and that energy to do it, and when the first thing goes wrong, that adrenaline starts to run low on you. And I, that's what I kind of think happened there when that interception by McLaughlin occurred, Zach Orr getting it, and ultimately everything else kind of seemed to not go right. They got close, but just couldn't get that conversion. Ultimately, Ben, don't break. Yeah, definitely, um, and I and I feel like it's those are the situations where teams like North Central just seem to make the right play at the right time, and and sometimes it it can be on these national stages where guys like Zach Orr, who maybe doesn't have a, a the same kind of name recognition as a Luke Lennon or a Owen Grover, but arguably made the play of the season for the Cardinals because without that interception there. You know, maybe the Knights score. It's a whole new ball game. Um, you know, a two two possession lead potentially, uh, and so huge huge turn of events there. Uh, but you got to give the Knights credit. They fought hard on their home court. Um, you know, I think you said uh, in our Twitter space that fourth and two call is going to probably haunt them. That you know, the the play call that they ran is something that you do more for like a fourth and inches, a fourth and one. I think that the extra yard there just gave. The Cardinals defense a little too much time when it was really, you know, inches there. But as you kind of look at the um, at the slide that's up here, I mean, Cortland's offense has been on fire. They've scored 35 points in the first half. Um, they scored 34 in the quarter. So, you know, basically, you know, five, uh, six touchdowns, boom, 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 um, right, right off the bat. And so that's 107 points over the last two playoff games. I mean, NCC, they trailed, but they found a way to win it, and that's what you expect out of championship teams. And not surprisingly, um, the Cardinals, the defending champs, are the only remaining undefeated team that's left in Division Three. They're going for their third championship in four years, and um, I think their 30th straight win as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've been given a lot of MVP awards to uh, Cortland and other teams over the course of the playoffs. It seemed like this, this time around, though, I really had to focus on North Central. Uh, Joey Lombardi, um, three uh, key touchdowns. He's the quintessential D3 wide receiver. He's like 5'9", 160, you know, 100-nothing kind of a thing, and he's out there making big plays, and, and they, the Cardinals offense needed every single one of those. Um, all in the first half, interestingly enough, they, the Cortland defense bottled him and, and, and uh, let it up in the second half, which you know, could give uh, you know, Cortland something to, to work on and, and get some game tape. But yeah, as I said before, Felice Ravidas Jr., um, kind of tongue-in-cheek there, but he's a freshman, um, uh, punt returner, wide receiver. Just an, that, that kind of just tore the top of the game off of uh, Randolph Macon. I mean, technically, the, I think that pass defense um, by Nas, uh, the, the, the freshman safety or, or, or corner for Cortland kind of kept, kept that 14-point lead intact. If, they, if he didn't make that play, then maybe we would have had a, a closer ball game. But Robbie Das with a big punt return. Hopefully he's got some other tricks up his sleeves. They might need that kind of a play. And then finally, Zach Orr, who I listed as a defensive back, he was the starting safety um, for them last season. It sounds like he's now actually a playing linebacker maybe due to some injuries or just, you know, the moves around. But a couple of huge plays, the interception that, that kind of changed the game and also made that hit on, uh, on Clawson that basically sealed the victory for the Cardinals. And so we'll see if, you know, maybe Orr could be a 
defensive player of the stag bowl if he's you know doing those kinds of things and they might need the defense to make some plays because when you look at the the game tape i mean obviously um you know the 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 defense of 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 uh, north central is is really tough but you could see in some of the highlights that wartburg was able to isolate some one-on-one matchups and with the size and speed that Cortland's receivers had they they could they could be a problem to defend especially close in the goal line well, JB, uh, I'm uh, pretty tough to defend, too. Uh, as you can see here, uh, it is a tie. Yeah, look at you, It man. is a tie. 130 and 35, which means 78-plus percent of our games we got correct this season with one to go. I, I think that yeah. right there needs a victory lap uh, moment for both of us because we take it on the chin for some of the things we say and do. But we've been pretty good. And, yeah, it's been a chalk kind of year, yeah. but we haven't always picked chalk. We picked uh, yeah. the anti-chalk at the right times at various points this season. And uh, that's how basically I'm at, what, 28 in, uh, out of 30 playoff games. You're at 27 yeah. or 26. Uh, 26, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, you're right I'm, up there uh, I think I'm 26 on top. and 3, yeah. Or 4. 26 and 4, I think you are, uh, ultimately. 26 and 4, that's, yeah. Yeah, we got 30 games uh, so far. So... Anyway, uh, actually, uh, let's uh, let's get the right slide up here, right uh, screen up here in a moment. I think. I think you're 26 go. and two, and I'm 25 and three. I think that's no, where we're at. No, 28 and two, actually. 26 and four. It was uh, you. You've missed two games, okay. uh, and yeah, we gotta get the right camera on that one. So, sorry about that, folks. See, this is what happens when we go live sometimes. So things like that happen. But there we go. We've got Stack Bowl 50, Cortland versus North Central up on the top strip here, JB. And that means it's time for us to pick okay. this game. Pick the uh, who we think will win it. Uh, how how deep got, are we into this I got something show? for you it's before you do minutes. that, Frank. Okay. We got a, I, got a, I got a comment from um, Josh Johnson who says, Frank, don't be picking against NCC now. I was there when the fans were giving it to you at Wheaton, LOL. <laughs> A lot of people were there when the fans were giving it to me at Wheaton and versus everybody sure, that yeah. I would attend. Okay, let, let's let's just make it clear, okay? North Central, great team, great fans. You ain't nothing special when it yep. comes to giving me a hard time, okay? <laughs> let me just be very crystal clear about that. Uh, people have uh, made a uh, real profession out of the whole thing. And so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see where this goes. JB, uh, I have already picked uh, for uh, the quick hits. So I'm going to let you go first since I'm locked in again. Go ahead. You know, this is this is a tough one. I feel like what I should have done is picked Cortland to win last weekend. And the fact that I didn't, um, you know, is probably the reason why that, you know, I could, you know, I'm not going to win this year's pick contest. So that's a little frustrating. Um, you know, I had North Central as my, you know, team based on what we talked about in the preseason. You know, but I'll be honest, I mean, I would love to see um, an upset because uh, I think that would be really exciting um, when, when those happen. They're very rare. You don't usually see a, a, a team like North Central lose a game like this. They're going to be expected to win. They're going to be expected to win by two or three touchdowns or more. Um, and so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pick the defending champs you know, and, and hope that uh, Cortland proves me wrong yet again. Okay, uh, here we go. I'll read you off my quick hit, and uh, I'll let you comment on uh, my rationale here. North Central 41, 
Cortland 30 is uh, what it says here. So North Central by 11. Okay. It's been an interesting month of playoff action. If you asked me if this would be the matchup we'd see in Salem, I would have said you're crazy a month ago. As such, especially for Cortland's Cinderella uh, season and run this year, congratulations to both teams. How, now, though, I need to assess the realities of this game. Unfortunately for Cortland, North Central score, uh, scare last week uh, likely woke them up uh, in a way that will make Friday night's Red Dragons task to win the Stag Bowl even more Herculean. What are the keys for Cortland to have a chance to win this game? As I said in ATN 349, shrinking the game, avoiding a shootout, and trying to establish a run early, uh, those are important when facing an opponent of the caliber and strength of North Central. Control what you can control, especially with possession, and hope that North Central can commit enough forced and unforced errors throughout the night. For North Central to win, they just have to rely on their strengths, an insane run game, including their QB speed and elusiveness, you know, that Luke Lanning guy, uh, with the uh, line advantages they yeah, enjoy as well, <laughs> yeah, and incredibly capable wide receivers who will catch defenses sleeping too often. When a game relies on one team making errors for the other to win, you have to go with the team uh, that has the strengths on paper in a picks contest like this one. Even despite my fanfare for New York D3 football teams over the past two decades, Cortland will make a game of it, but they will likely fall short in this special Stag Bowl 50. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would love to see a uh, 10 or 11 point game on Friday night. That's what I'm hoping that it's that it's close and that you know that if North Central is gonna win the championship, that they don't um, that they don't do it until later in the fourth quarter and that we actually get an entertaining game. I have a feeling that, um, you know, one of those things where, um, you know, it's a back and forth affair. We, we, we get, maybe we'll get a lot of points. I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those games where the defenses are going to try to make a statement early and really Cortland's just going to have to take a few um, rounds of punches and, and prove that they can hang in there. Um, and also try to avoid the classic kind of rookie mistakes of teams that get on bigger stages you know don't don't throw a pick six don't fumble the ball don't give up a, a special teams touchdown in the first quarter and all of a sudden find yourself in a you know 14 or 20 point hole off the bat so I think if Cortland can do what they have been doing um, which has been moving the chains and and scoring on offense and making stops on defense now we got a ball game yeah, indeed. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You will be here firsthand to see it. 4.30 p.m. We'll start interviews, and then 5 o'clock we'll go live from this position uh, and uh, run additional interviews and live interviews here on the uh, perch that we're at uh, with the uh, pregame behind us. We'll name the Glarity Trophy winner for 2023 in our show. All Americans mm -hmm. will be named from D3Football.com as well. Yeah, there's so much information, okay. so much content to come back for for those two and a half hours leading up to the ESPNU broadcast of video and then us on audio downstairs if you so choose uh, as we uh, try to give you the best perspective from a D3 point of view of the football game. JB will be down here with me as well to provide some assessments as yep. the game goes along. Then uh, post game, JB and I will uh, try to pop on for at least an impromptu uh, review of the game, and uh, we'll, I'm sure, uh, have some things to say in what is ATN 350, the uh, Stag Bowl 50 
uh, post-game uh, discussion with d3football.com as well. So, so much to go on over these next, what, 36 hours or less than that right now, uh, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a first of its kind for Cortland and even North Central not having been in Salem before. This will be special for them as well in that respect, and they've already uh, cherished uh, what Salem puts into this game, as you uh, will hear in ATN 349 that I joined in uh, that was released just before we went live today. So, JB, safe travels. We're here for you when you get uh, down, uh, and uh, you know, game temperature, game temperature should be around 42 degrees uh, in fall through the night is what I understand. We'll see if that is accurate. Because okay. once the sun goes down in the Roanoke Valley, let me tell you folks, having been here multiple times before, it gets darn cold here in Salem. But until then, I'm folks, thanks buy, for joining us. I'm gonna go us. buy some long underwear, man. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you uh, tomorrow, see you Friday if you're watching this Friday uh, at 4.30 p.m. Uh, with uh, the interviews 5 o'clock uh, live from this uh, perch here, as we said. Excited to see all of you or to talk to all of you tomorrow. Enjoy.